Welcome back. We are the Free Kit Martin Podcast. My name is Crystal McKenzie, and that over there, well, that's Stacy Stone. How are you doing today, my friend? Hello, I'm doing great. Thank yeah? you for having me again. Oh, having you, you are part of this whole thing. In fact, you're one of the biggest parts of it. Nice job on Court TV. If you haven't seen Stacy on Court TV, go look that up. We have a Free Kit Martin Podcast Facebook page. We have a TikTok. Are you having like the best time of your life on TikTok right now? <laughs> because I it is so fun. <laughs> Isn't it fun? Like, I had no idea how much fun that particular social media, you know, uh, platform was. But what a blast we are having over there, just kind of putting together stuff with music. We have a couple of uh, kind of notes to take on here. And then we're going to get into talking about one of the most important parts of the Kit Martin case. And that is... Is his ex, and her name is Joan Harmon. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first of all, this is worth noting, and I think you agree with me um, on this, Stacy. But her name is Stephanie Boland. She is from the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Absolutely. Yeah, she is one of our superheroes right now. She is going after the very corruption that put this military hero behind bars, Christian Kit Martin. He's sitting in a cage right now while all of this corrupt stuff that went on around him, these people are all free. And I'm in, I'm going to include in that little Miss Joni Harmon, who we're getting ready to get into. Christian County is now being investigated by the United States Justice Department for corruption and violation of constitutional rights. So just hang on, because this roller coaster is only climbing that first hill right now. We haven't even made it to the top yet. And we just say our hats off to you, Stephanie Boland. During my time, I have seen several questionable, unconstitutional rights violations occur. You've heard people come before you about their concerns and nothing has been done. So what I'm here today to do is just to inform you formally that because no one else is listening and no one else has done anything, I have formally requested for the Department of Justice to come to Christian County and in Hopkinsville to review lawsuits, to review cases, and to review some of the unconstitutional and unethical things that I've seen and I've witnessed since we can't seem to handle it on our own here. I am so happy about this right now. Aren't you, Stacy? Yes, I think it's amazing when you have somebody, and is it, she's with the Commonwealth, is that right? Yes, she right. And she works okay. for Christian County. We have an angel in Christian County. Who knew? She stepped up, and, and from what I heard read today, and Again, Crystal, you know, we only know what we know, what we've read. What I heard her say is she had witnessed enough violations and things like that, that she just, if they couldn't handle it there, she was going to go somewhere that could. So there you have it. We are definitely looking forward to that one. As soon as we hear any more from the United States Justice Department descending on Christian County, guess who will be the first to let you know? We will at the Free Kit Martin podcast. Today's show, we're focusing on Joan, Adele, Harmon, Martin, Gritton. Do you know any other last names that we need to add into here, uh, Miss Stacy? <laughs> yes, let's see. It was Joan, Harmon, Guerra. That's right. Guerra. Yeah. And Martin, but she really never was a Martin because she was never really married to our hero. Unbeknownst to him, she was still married to Mr. Guerra, so she, her marriage to Kit Martin was actually not, uh, what's the word? Well, it not, wasn't even annulled. It didn't have, it wasn't even recognized. Yeah, she confessed and uh, because she was convicted of bigamy, but she married Chris 
or Kit, as we all know him, right? Uh, mar- married him while she was still married to Carlos Guerra. Wow. You know Joni all too well. You have three children with Major Martin. And um, so there was a time when everybody thought that they were really married, that you had to share your children, right, with this woman. And they would be with her for periods of time and come back, tell stories. I mean, this is how you kind of got to know her, right? Yes, that's right. I was um, always comfortable with the kids being with uh, Kit, but never comfortable with him being around her. It, it was uh, it was turmoil for sure. Yeah. Why were you not comfortable with them being around her? You know, sometimes you can just see through somebody, you you know, when they're lying and she, and again, this is not opinion, this is fact. She was an habitual liar. Um, she would say things that didn't even make sense. She would tell lies about my children that didn't even make sense. Um, she was, for some reason, so intimidated if Chris and I even, Kit, I'm sorry, I have a hard time calling him Kit because I've always known right. Chris. Yeah. Uh, but. She couldn't even stand for him and I to be in the same room and have a discussion about our kids because she was so insecure or intimidated or, and I mm. tried to be nice to her. I really tried to be nice to her, but it just didn't pan out. I mean, and she did things like just mean things, mean girl things like, and this is the very, t- uh, this is <laughs> the tip of the iceberg, stuff like this. But I do remember the story that someone told me that you had a Christmas tree that was gorgeous. And so you were giving her a Christmas tree and she threw it in the trash, like just stuff like, <laughs> I mean, that's just the basic little itty bitty things that Joni stories, they get so outrageous. These stories just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I had a call conversation with Kit one time, Stacey, and he was telling me that when he was in the military and he would go to these dinners and things like that, once a couple of drinks got into Joni, the lies progressively got bigger and bigger and he wouldn't understand it. He was like, I, I just couldn't understand why, why bother telling that lie? You know, she would lie for the sake of lying. And, yes, you know, yes. and I've, I don't know that I've ever met somebody like that pathological liar like that, you know, allegedly. Um, Did it seem that way to you? Like almost everything coming out of uh, this woman's mouth uh, could be a lie? Uh, I'm going to step right up, uh, Miss Crystal, and just tell you that it wasn't alleged. Everything (laughs) that came out of her mouth was a lie. And I will tell you that what makes it so scary is that I almost think she believes what she says. Yeah. Um, And if you... I'm not sure where you want to go next, but I actually have a written report. Therefore, we can share it kind of of a I can give a quick history of her that might help to paint a picture of who she is. If you'd like me to do. that, Oh, please do. We are all ears. Once again, Stacey, you know, Kit probably better than anyone next to his children. And those children are your children. And so, yeah, anything that you've got, like I've never before meeting you, I had never really talked to anyone other than Kit who knew her. So we do, we want to get to know Joni today. And I have a feeling we can do that through you. These were actually a timeline that as I was going through Kit's paperwork from, we'll remember about the court martial where she filed false allegations against him and that, you know, she lost that battle. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so this is actually factual information. It was interviews that were done with her family, with exes. So I can try to do that briefly so we can, it just will help to paint a picture 
of who Joan Harmon really is. When she was 14, between 14 and 16 years old, she was living in California in the Napa Valley. Her parents said she was a frequent runaway, abused alcohol and drugs. And sometime between 85 and 1985 and 1986, she was 15 or 16, she ran away. And when her parents found out, you know, that she was gone, they started looking for her. And when she realized they were looking for her, she actually went to the California Department of Child Protective Services remember at age 15 or 16 and she made false allegations saying that her father her own father had physically and sexually abused her you're going to start to see a trend in this oh my um, okay so fast forward later i'm going to try to stay on task here but fast forward later when we went to the court martial when kit did her father was so scared for her to know where she was, her own father, that he said, I will testify against her, but it has to be on the phone or by Zoom. I am not coming in that courtroom. Her own father didn't want yeah, that's father. didn't want her to know where he was. In a recorded statement, her immediate family, that would be her sister, her mother, her father, said that she had been an habitual liar her entire life. So fast forward after that, in 94 to 96, she lived together with a man named Michael Adkins, and they lived together for two or three years, and she got pregnant with her first baby. We know him in uh, the kit world as EJ. Oh, or Elijah. Uh, okay, so they, I guess she claimed that he physically assaulted her. You know, that. so there we go, another claim against a somebody she's in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that relationship was volatile and that she actually abused him and that that he had actually suspected her of having an affair with his boss. And again, that she was abusing drugs and alcohol. Oh, dear. When the, ba when the baby was a few months old, Elijah, we know by Elijah, she moved out, moved in with her mother for about a month. Then she took the baby and she ran. Here's the interesting part. She renamed and somehow got a new birth certificate. So who we know is Justin Elijah Harmon was born Justin Michael Atkins. Yeah. So Another. Oh, wait a minute. Atkins. Yeah. Like all of that. <laughs> sorry. That's the judge's name in this case. So, uh, yeah, it's not related, at least that we know of. But uh, wow. No. Just no, a, what no. a coincidence. Right. There's an, another Atkins. Um, it is a coincidence. Okay, yeah, now go ahead. I'm oh, Gosh, man, this is fascinating. So who we know, again, is Justin Elijah Harmon was born Justin Michael Atkins. And actually, the other weird thing is his name's Justin Elijah, but he went as EJ. She's even got the initials back. Um, oh, so, interesting. Now, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about EJ here while we're on the subject. Elijah, we know him, of course, as EJ or Elijah. He told a pretty vicious lie to the United States Army uh, when he testified that Kit had beaten him with the very same whip that they used to beat Jesus on the way to the cross. It's called a Roman whip. <laughs> I know. Uh, so it seems to me like EJ may have like that little tendency, you know, that his mom has to tell a really good fib, you know, uh, because that's awfully like we went looking for Roman whips, didn't we? And we were just like, yes. like we were like, oh, can you buy one? <laughs> can you buy one of these? <laughs> you know, and no, you can't. Um, that, you know, that's 
I mean, that's just what a story concocted. Uh, by the way, uh, it's worth mentioning also that, you know, it wasn't a complete win for Kit in that court martial because he was, um, you know, convicted for simple assault. And I think it had to do with that photo that looked very doctored up, like a makeup job um, that was handed over to the United States Army. And EJ said he was beaten with that Roman whip. Um, so all the benefits, the medals, his service for 29 years, all of that taken away so that the woman that was in his life could get his army benefits. You know, that's what it looked yes. like to me. Uh, holy schmoly. Uh, okay, go, okay, I'm listening. We're hanging on your every word again. No, that is, that's a very good point, Crystal, because, you know, I think in some ways when Chris entered this murder trial that may have tainted him in the eyes of the jurors to some just some idea because they don't know all the facts about the court martial they don't know that they had she had put up it was either 14 or 15 accounts of child molestation sodomy um i mean you wouldn't believe all the things she said he did which was totally disproved by a, another attorney that happened to be walking by and her that wasn't even involved in the case and heard the children talking about that they had said exactly what their mother told them to say. My goodness. And so those were thrown out. He was convicted of that simple assault. However, if you really examine that picture of Elijah's back, you can look, you can Google Halloween makeup. You can see how that could be. I believe that was makeup on that child's back. Yeah. And you know, of course, he was a teenager. He wasn't a young child. But at the same t- token, you mentioned about some tendencies of Elijah to Allah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I don't want us to sound mean on here. Uh-uh, because I, I have compassion for that kid. I really do, even though I think he cost Major Martin his entire United States military career. I mean, I got a little problem with that. But, yeah, I mean, the kid was raised by Joan Harmon. He was raised by someone who may be kind of psychopathic, you know, or I mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm not a doctor. But somebody who um, has to lie like that and starts believing their own lies, to me, uh, I can't even imagine being. Uh, raised uh, by someone like that. You know, he's also being taught the same thing. Yeah, there's some compassion I have for EJ and even Joan because there's some mental illness going on there. But look what has happened. There's a United States military hero sitting in jail because all these people concocted all these stories and, you know, started believing them themselves, Roman whips and all. And, man, here we are. Here we are today looking for somebody like Stephanie Boland from the Commonwealth of Kentucky to call the Department of Justice. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. The feds are coming in on corruption and violation of constitutional rights in Christian County. It couldn't happen fast enough, Stacey. It could not happen fast enough. I agree. I agree. All right. Let's keep going with Joni, though. God, there's so much. I but- would like to step out and just add to what you said as a disclaimer. We are not psychologists. We are not professionals. We cannot make diagnoses. And we are not trying to be without compassion. We are, this situation is so bad for our military hero, for Kit, that, you know, it cost him his 30-year career. It cost him so much. And I heard a few comments, not many, about, oh, this sounds like a conspiracy theory. And it's such a hard story to follow. It's such a hard story to believe. Because some you couldn't make this stuff up on Lifetime Movie. I no. mean, it's it's that bad. 
but there are people like that and be careful be caution you meet somebody on the internet you better check them out that's this right is what, this is what kit martin has found but on with the story so i guess what i was trying to say there let me back up a minute is for our, our listeners we're try- not trying to be mean we're not trying to be you know we're trying to be compassionate we can't make a diagnosis but the only thing that i can go on is what I am reading here and what my experience has been with Joan Harmon. And it has not been good. And I'll get to the point, but she even made accusations against me. And I think you knew that, Crystal. Yeah, I mean, it's time, you know. I, I'm telling you, you have lived a nightmare with this woman. You have three yeah. children that you had to share with her. And I can't even imagine. Right. Oh, I can't even imagine. There is no way uh, my child would ever be left alone in a room with somebody like that. I had to hear that first lie, and then I would be a real problem in the family. Did you feel like that? Did you feel like you were being a problem in the family because you didn't really care for her? I was terrified. It wasn't that I didn't like her or I hated her. I was terrified, terrified. Every time my children would be with her, I was terrified. Um, But, you know, if you don't mind, Crystal, I think we're – getting out here, out of sorts a little bit. Yeah. Let's go back to the timeline and then we can talk about the more current things. Is yeah. that okay? I love it. Is it. Okay. All right. So we talked about she married. No, she didn't marry. She lived with this Michael Adkins and then she left with EJ. Then there was a couple of years that are unaccounted for between 96 and 98. Uh, then she met a man named Carlos Guerra and she gave birth to her first, ch- first child. And I, Try not to mention names because the children cannot help it. They moved to Tennessee. So apparently she ran off with, she had another child also. So two girls. She leaves Carlos, runs off with his children, another pattern. She meets Chris and she tells Chris that Carlos is, uh, and I can't, help me with this. Yeah, he's a Guata- he was from the Guatemalan forces. Yeah, special forces. And he specialized in killing with knives and he was chasing her and he was trying to get her and he was trying to kill her. And oh my goodness. So um, she meets Chris and this is, we had divorced um, in March. And I think she, they meet, I believe it was in May or June of 2004 she tells him this story he feels sorry for her being the take care of everybody like he always does and uh he moves her into a house that we owned actually that was not our finest hour (laughs) right Uh, you know we're divorced so obviously there were things we didn't agree upon but he moved her in the house to try to take care of her he actually would stay at his parents house when he had our biological children, because we didn't stay all night with somebody with our children, if we weren't married to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they dated, um, he didn't see, we saw her parents, his parents saw, I saw his sister saw right through this woman. She would tell some tales. Oh my goodness. I, he just trusts too much. That's if he was, if Kit was guilty of anything, it was that he trusted somebody that he believed he should be able to trust. Right. And that he fell um, in love with, you know? I mean, what a nightmare. Right. What right. an absolute, because she was. There was a point now that we know her and we know what she's capable of doing. She gets less pretty when you look at those pictures. Uh, but she is a pretty girl. 
you know, and um, it, it, he was probably just smitten with her. And I just can't even imagine. I mean, he, she took such advantage of this really good guy. The fact that he was such a good guy, you know, I mean, I just have no idea why. The whole thing is just why, in all caps. Why did you want to take his military career? Why would you want to ruin him? Just because he didn't want to be married to you anymore at that point, not knowing that she was married to somebody else. Right, and the reason he didn't want to be married to her was because of her lies, because right. of her stories, you know? I think the last argument that they had was she got upset because he was going to meet our daughter for lunch and she wasn't invited, but he was just leaving from work to go meet our daughter who was in school for lunch and she was at a totally, totally different location. He wasn't actually trying to leave her out. It was just they were going to have lunch. No big deal. She threw a fit, cussed him out. They got in a huge fight about it. Um, mm, man. Yeah. I know the type. <laughs> Thank God I don't yeah. have anybody in my family like her or anybody forced to be in my family like her, you know. But no, I mean, that's, I can imagine. Can we talk about, I mean, keep going. You've got a timeline here. There's so many. Oh, God, I have a ton of questions well, for you. That kind of brings you up to the point where she, we're to the point now that she's with Kit. And a lot of viewers who've seen the court TV episodes, the, the trial, they've seen, you know, where it went from there. Of course, yeah. there was a court martial and and we've talked about she accused him of 14, 15 charges for, you know, child abuse, for, you know, sexually molesting her children. These were the same children that he sent to private schools, that he you know, took them to Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, whatever it was that they were in. I don't know that they were in Girl Scouts, but activities right. and probably gave these people the best life oh. they had ever had. You're going to make me you cry know? again. I, this whole thing just, mm. he does not deserve this, man. He's just a good guy. They all called him dad. All her kids called him dad. And he treated them as if they were his own. You know, kids always been that way. He's always loved children. And, you know, it didn't take away from our biological children. I never felt like that, but he never showed a difference in them. You know, he would always say my children. And, um, you know, he, he thought she had been married to this abusive man. She, can I tell a story about something that happened? This will mm. give you an idea of the craziness. Oh, yes, please do. Um, this is a, a crazy story. Another one. It just came to mind. So. There was a night that he, you know, it was probably a weekend and our children and he had been over to her house, which was our house, but to a rental house we had owned. And he, they were there visiting, watching TV, whatever. So he gets ready to leave to take our biological children to his parents with him to spend the night. And his parents are out of town. So the kids came home and they, after their visit, and they said, Mom, she acted awful because Dad was just trying to leave and take us home so we could go to bed. And she stood out there, oh, you don't love me anymore. You don't think I'm pretty anymore. Why won't you stay the night? And he said, I can't stay the night here. We're not married. I've got to take the children to, with me to the parents. So that night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, she shows up at his parents' house, beating on the door, screaming, crying. Carlos is after me. He's trying to kill me. He tried to sexually molest me. Oh, boy. Just so she could get in that house. And 
you know, Kit says there's several things that happen like that, that he just almost ended the relationship. Then somehow, I guess that beauty and that pitiful little, oh, whiny voice would bring him back in and he would think, oh, maybe, maybe this is happening to her. Yeah. So he'd feel sorry for her and he'd go back to her. But I mean, the chaos and the craziness, I mean, this is Lifetime movie drama. Oh, yeah. Well, this whole thing is one big James Bond flick. You know, it really is. There's so many twists and turns. And I was telling somebody that I was doing this podcast the other day and they said, nice job on trying to make some sense of it because really it's so convoluted, you know, and, and it's such a hard story to tell. And you guys are doing a really good job of just kind of placing it episode by episode by episode so we can all understand what happened here. You know, there's an innocent army hero. And if that's okay with you, go someplace else. Listen to another podcast. Seriously, if that's okay with you, that this man's sitting in jail, what if he didn't do it? Because we know damn well he didn't. Uh, that's what, right. What if he didn't do it? I mean, just ask yourself that question. And if you're okay, if you can just sit on your hands, not say a word, not type, not like, not share, not not participate at all in social media with this because you don't want to look bad to the family or you don't want to look bad to your employer and all that. We understand that. Believe me, Stacy and I are living that right now. Um, but yes. but we can't stand out here on our own. We need your help, don't we, Stace? We absolutely do. Anybody that can help and whether it's, you know, Kit's very appreciative, and tomorrow I'm planning on coming out as he sent a letter he wants me to address, and I'll be live on Facebook. Great. On the, yeah, on the free Kit Martin well, yeah, we have a Yeah, we have a free Kit Martin podcast Facebook page now, and it's starting to get a little bit of attention uh, because you were, number one, you were on court TV, uh, but that's just a place you can talk about anything. You can throw up any, anything you want up there. As far as if you have any questions, yes, we monitor it, but we're not going to be editing you. Okay. Uh, this is a, a free country and you are free to come onto that page and, um, and have your say. And we do have a lot of content up there about, you know, what we began the show with here today, Stephanie Boland, that is new, just a couple of weeks old that she's calling the department of justice to come in and um, take care of some corruption and violation of constitutional rights. I'm absolutely sure that there were several constitutional rights violated uh, on the part of the state of Kentucky towards your ex-husband, Kit Martin. I mean, my God, one right after another. Yeah, it's infuriating. It really is. I mean, you sat, you sat in that trial and you saw the travesty that happened in that trial. And it was when we sat there and they said, guilty? It was mouth hung open because what evidence? The only hard evidence, and we talk about Joan had the phone. Here it is. The only hard evidence in that whole thing was a phone that Joan Martin, I'm sorry, Joan Harmon carried into the AT&T store and asked them to open the phone. And when they realized whose phone it was, they called the police and in, on film, Joan Harmon scurries her children up and runs out of the store, didn't run, walked quickly out of the store. And before the police got there, they see her, see her on this film, bringing that phone in on the cameras, and they made no arrest for that. No. Explain that to me. He did. Uh, Detective Noiseworthy did an obligatory drive-by of her house. That was it. 
Um, I'm sorry. That is one of that's a travesty injustice right there. And I um, and let's go to the pleading of the fifth. You know, she's taking her Fifth Amendment right um, at the. Uh, did you see her that day? By the way, I know you were at the courtroom that day, Stacy. She and Elijah Justin Justin Elijah Harmon. They both were sitting right outside the courtroom because not only did I see them, there were family members that walked by, because I remember distinctly, they looked at me and said, don't you dare say anything to her. <laughs> right. So, I, you know, because I've had my differences with her. For oh, sure. boy, it'd be hard and, for me to just sit there and not say anything. But, you know, you also don't want to make, you know, a scene, you know, when it, because that could turn into a real scene, especially with the two of you, you know, two women in his life like that. Um, man. Well, I wasn't going to make a scene, but they just wanted to make sure I didn't say anything. Right. Um, right. So she was there and she was sitting outside the courtroom. And she was sitting outside the courtroom. And then I remember it, it came time for her to, her and Elijah to be called to the stand. And we had a closed meeting because the judge could not decide at that point, little John couldn't decide at that point, you know, whether, she had to come in the courtroom to plead the fifth or if she did not, or if Elijah had to come in the courtroom or if he did not. To me, that's a no brainer. These were the star witnesses, in my opinion, don't you think for the prosecution, I would think they want, yeah, you want her on the stand, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I can't see why you wouldn't. And if we in the United States of America are trying to get to the truth, why wouldn't we want her on the stand? Right. Um, Because really, you know why? Because she was really our star witness. All she has to do is get up there and be herself, and the jury might have seen right through her, or Elijah for that matter. And Elijah, he was never a suspect in any of this, so that whole Fifth Amendment, because we don't want to make him a suspect, crap that little John Atkins threw up, that's some bull. Uh, I don't want to cuss. I don't want to get to the point where I'm cussing because that's me losing control, but that's just some cray-cray right there. <laughs> well, Sorry. I don't remember. I don't remember one time, and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not remember one time in that trial anyone speaking out and naming him as a person of interest or a suspect at all. Now she was named many times, and in in my opinion, rightfully so. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Elijah was not uh, not in the not in the regular. We're talking about the actual criminal court case, not the, the you know, Elijah was a real big star over there in the in the court martial. And by the way, I just want to go back to that court martial for just a second. You were there for that and you testified at the court martial. Right, Stacey? I did. Did you see the children? Was did her children get put on the stand? And how did they react to having to testify against their father in that court martial they were they were crying on the stand i don't remember elijah crying but the girls were crying and um on the stand on the stand and when as the questioning were asked it became apparent that what was being said about he had touched them inappropriately is that he had been giving them a bath with a washcloth. Um, that's the only thing that became apparent. And they, you know, why wouldn't you give a kid a bath, you know? Um, right. And then, as I stated before, toward the end of that, the court martial, 
there was an attorney that just happened to be walking by the room that Elijah and his sisters were in. She wasn't even in this case. She wasn't for the prosecution or the defense. She was just an attorney that happened to be walking by. And she heard those children talking among themselves. And she ended up having to get on the stand and testify because she heard this. They were talking among themselves selves and saying things like, I think we got it right. I think we said everything mama told us to say. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, you know, all those charges were dismissed on him. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you have to think about that. Somebody that would make up. First of all, we haven't addressed that she, when he said, I want a divorce. Her words were. If you divorce me, I will ruin you. I know how to do it. I'll say you abused me. Right. I'll ruin your life. I'll ruin your military career. So that's where Emilio Corsetti came up with the name. The working title of the book is I Will Ruin You, The Wrongful Conviction of Christian Kit Martin. And that is due out this spring, this upcoming spring 2024. Oh, man, I can't wait for that. That's a game changer, Miss Stacy. It is. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to get to read an early draft of that. And I can tell our listeners here that to put this case, the craziness of it, in some kind of logical order, the book, you should get your copy of the book when it comes out because it makes everything so clear and, you know, in order and easy to understand. And you actually can go to his website, emiliocorsetti.com. And he's already posting some subject matter on there that kind of mm. makes it easier to understand. Now. Oh, yeah. He's got a whole timeline. Uh, and I love it, man. He, you know, it's really, uh, it's quite astounding, everything he's put out there. Because he's interviewed the family, which we're going to do, too. We're going to have mom on. I call her mom. Um, <laughs> she yeah. just She's from England and one of my favorite humans on earth. But Miss Jane Martin, who is the mother of Kit Martin, and then his sister, Amanda, will be on with us in the next couple of weeks as well. The women, the really strong women of Kit Martin's life, you know, is uh, what we're going to mm -hmm. put on a blast there. Hey, Stacy, I did want to ask you, were your kids ever affected? I mean, they weren't really being raised by Joan Harmon, but they were certainly around her a lot. Do you feel like they were affected by her? Oh, absolutely. I think she's affected every aspect of our life. I mean, look what she's done. Their dad's sitting in prison. Right. Um, you know, but even at earlier years, you know, I remember one time my children had been camping with uh, Kit and Joan and her children. Yeah. And another pattern of hers, as you'll hear, uh, they come home and my youngest son was five years old. And he and her daughter had been playing tag, as you know, running, touching the camper. Camper was base kind of thing. Right. So Joan goes yelling to Kit saying, your son touched my daughter inappropriately. Oh. Five years old. Five years old. My. And she reared back a shoe to hit my son, and Kit caught her arm. And... Had I known that at the time, that wouldn't have been good. I did not know that till till about the shoe until later. I knew that she had said that. Of course, I called him about it, and you know, he said it wouldn't happen again. That he had talked to her and that kind of thing. You know, he was always trying to put out her fires. Uh, there mm. were other times the children would come home from, and this is really sad because 
you know, Kit just wants to believe the best of everybody. But our children uh, would come home after a weekend with them. And I would have dinner ready. It was just a ritual. They would come home on Sunday. Dinner would be ready. We would sit down for dinner. And my children would say, okay, it's time for stories by Joni. Oh, and she had, Yeah. And she had told them things like, oh, I went to school. Jeff Gordon was my friend. Uh, I mean, she just told crazy lies. And so, you know, there were times they would go to visit and, you know, my middle, our middle son, he, you know, she would talk very poorly about me to my, to our children. And so my middle son and or their, our middle son would come home and early because he and Joni had had words. And, you know, they just couldn't have that childhood with their dad because she absolutely <clears throat> tried to a- alienate everybody from him, his family. You know, his mom, his dad, his sisters, uh, my our children, you know, definitely didn't want me around at all and just caused so much chaos in our life that they couldn't enjoy their childhood, even with the time that they had with their dad. It was quite sad. Now, I want to talk about one more thing concerning your children, and I just think this is one of the most terrifying stories that I've ever heard from Joni, uh, where Joni, where we think that Joni might have been involved. She was sitting on the porch, and she was watching. Uh, okay, so she was sitting on the porch over at Cal's. Is that what was going on? She was across the street or something, and she looked over, and one of your kids was checking the mail. And yes. um, So what was in the mailbox? A dead animal. It was cut up. All right. Now, and- I, you know, Stacy, I've heard that story, you know, but I want you right now to tell us what um, – what kind of animal that was? She thought it was a German shepherd. And uh, she was going to college. And she went out to check the mail. And her dad wasn't home. He was at work. And, of course, Joni and her dad had, had split by this time. And she opens the mailbox. <clears throat> and there's a dead, <clears throat> cut-up German shepherd in the mailbox. And... She calls me, screaming, crying. That's absolutely terrifying. Screaming, crying. And I said, what is wrong, honey? And she said, Mom, Mom, there was a a dead German Shepherd in the mailbox. And Joe was sitting at the porch laughing at me. And I said, did you call the police? And she said, no, I got out of there. I was scared. I got out of there as quick as I could. I said, you need, because, you know, they're in Kentucky. I'm in Tennessee. And I said, you need to call the police and you need to call your dad as soon as possible. When they went back to the mailbox, the animal was gone. Oh, man. I have chills all up and down my spine. I have tears uncontrollably running out of my eyes right now. I can't imagine the terrifying feeling that your daughter had there. And I can't can't imagine what that did to you as as her mom. I felt helpless. I felt helpless because I couldn't help my daughter, who I love very, very much. And there was absolutely nothing. I couldn't get there that quickly. And I mean, again, it's just so much. Yeah, that's just all so incredibly intense. I I mean, 
And it's one thing after another with these kind of intense things like that that a lot of people don't even know about. Like I've heard the animal story throughout being a part of this case. And uh, then I was on the phone with you the other day and you told me that was a German shepherd and I just shiver. I shiver thinking about that. What your daughter must have felt during that time. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. It's horrible. Well, I just, I felt so bad for her and felt helpless because there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. You know, I remember another incident that, and I had forgotten about this and years later I had told kid about it is, uh, he was living, they were living in Rhode Island and our youngest son went to visit them and Kit had gone to take Elijah to a Boy Scout camp at uh, Philmont, I believe. And I could tell she was taunting me. But you know how when somebody will do something, you can't really prove what they're doing, but you know what they're doing, especially how women see through women? Oh, yeah. But she, but she was calling to let me know my son was at home with her by herself. She said, oh, I just wanted to call and let him talk to you. Well, she usually didn't call me unless it was to check on Chris or Kit. Um, so it was just mm. a helpless feeling. And I remember a time that I had bought a house that backed up to the elementary school where our children went. And so Kit had gone to have breakfast with the kids he didn't check in with me about that. He didn't have to. I mean, if he wanted to go have breakfast with the kids at school, he was free to do that. There was no reason he couldn't. That was a good thing. I remember being home and my phone ringing a minimum of 15 times. And it was her. And I thought, not today, Satan. I didn't answer the phone. <laughs> and later I found out she was just trying to make sure he wasn't at my house. We had never given her any reason. There was nothing going on with us. We shared children. We were divorced. That was the only thing. You know, just like now, he is my friend. We've been divorced 20 years. He's he's my friend. Because things didn't work out for us in a marriage level, that doesn't mean he's a bad person or I'm a bad person. It just means that we wanted different things. Mm. But she always tried to make it something that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And probably still does to this very day, you know, if she's probably. listening to this podcast. Well, first and foremost, we don't know where Joni is right now. No one can find her. A lot of people that are involved in the Kit Martin uh, situation case are sitting there with, you know, um, all kinds of tools. Uh, to get a hold of anybody we want, really. And right now, we are unable to find Joan Harmon. So if you know where Joan Harmon, Guerra, Adele, what else is there? Gritton. There's all kinds of last names. Sometimes she goes by her middle name, which is Adele. A lot of people call her Joni, right? Didn't you guys all call her Joni? We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just such a, almost like a little pet name. Oh, Joni, such a cute name, you know? <laughs> 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 kind of takes away from the whole, yeah, kind of, well, there's an evil thing going on there that just is bothersome, and she's running out free here in the world, and um, our hero, and of course, we have Veterans Day this week, you know, so we're going to do a Veterans Day special, and Stacy's going to go onto Facebook, and what are you going to do? You're going to do this on Veterans Day, right? I have a letter from Kit 
And he said he had procrastinated about it enough because he could not find words that were adequate to to thank the people who are supporting him. Mm. And that it just helps to get him through each day knowing that's that people believe in him. Such a Kit Martin thing to do. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. Now, you know what? Um, I know that – I'm sorry. I'm a little sobbing mess over here um, talking about this with you. I can't imagine what you've been through, Stacy. you and your children – uh, what this woman single-handedly, it seems, um, uh, put you through um, in the last, I would say, how many years has she been in your life? I know that he thought he was married. Too many. Right. He thought he was married to her for like eight years. And I think that the other day you said that Kit kind of figured it out. And it's been like 11 years of dealing with this nightmare, you know. It, that's 11 years after the quote unquote annulment divorce, however it ends up when somebody's a bigamist. But <laughs> so um I oh, would like boy. To, I would like to make a statement about something that you just addressed about us not knowing where Joni is, if you don't mind. Oh, and please. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I just do I do want to put that this out for our listeners. Okay. Honey. I am concerned about not knowing where she is. I I am not comfortable not knowing where she is. I still have children, though they're grown. I, I you know, I, to be honest, I want to know where she is because I watch my back everywhere I go. Absolutely. We all do. And we protect ourselves. I'm constantly protected. I know you are too. I just, Absolutely. you know, I, I got to tell you, it's a dangerous world, this uh, place that we have found ourselves in. And it's a lonely little world sometimes. I find myself crying for these people that I've never met, you know. And then I, and then there's a little part of me that feels a little crazy for getting involved. Like I hear family stories from you guys, and I just feel like I don't belong because it, this is like your personal family stuff, you know. So I just want you all to know that um, we have got to stay together in all of this because there is strength in numbers, like you said on our very first podcast, Stacey. That's so important right now, that Kit's Army all band together. It doesn't matter what Facebook page you're on. Just support this guy. We really appreciate you doing that, by the way. And I, it, we will find out on Veterans Day here. Um, in a couple of days, uh, if uh, you know, exactly what Kit thinks about all of this, this Kit's army thing is absolutely a movement, and there are people that serve with him that are actually in touch with us on TikTok, on YouTube, on all these various uh, platforms where we find ourselves today. Stacy and I are kind of new at this, being a voice for the voiceless, and it's not easy, is it? All right, it's not easy, and I will also say, just as a little sidebar here, that which I'm going down a whole nother path here. Crystal, you may want to cut it out. Exit ramp. Squirrel. (laughs) Just so you all know, since I've made that statement of I'm not comfortable about not knowing where Joni is, if something happens to me, we can go to trial and you can admit that is hearsay evidence and it'll be okay. In In Christian County. County, Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually all over the state of Kentucky and all over the United States, this really does put a whole thing on the hearsay rule because of Judge Atkins and all his his, uh, decisions in this particular case. If you watch it on court TV, the hearsay situation is a big part of the story. And it may be like a little blessing in disguise for us because we, you never know. We do want to thank our two um, justices 
who really agreed with the fact that there was just an, an unbelievable amount of nothing burger here. I am paraphrasing, of course. That's not what the justices said. But to, They actually said an underwhelming amount of evidence. Well, yeah. I mean, that's actually pretty amazing that that's on the paperwork. And that's from two Kentucky Supreme Court justices, Connolly and Nichols. We thank you so very much for putting that out there. And we also have to thank Stephanie Boland. And I think this is important. I think this is the most important thing we can hear out of Christian County right now. And I just want to say a big amen to uh, Stephanie Boland. By the way, we'll see you next week on the free Kit Martin podcast. If you've seen Joan Harmon, Adele, Gritton, what's her name, Kiera, um, please let <laughs> us know. At, and we are at freekitmartin at gmail.com where our, our email is always open and both of us check our email constantly. And we definitely want to hear from you. If you know where Joan Harmon is, we are uncomfortable with not knowing where she is right now. So please let us know. And again, Stacy, thank you so much for all the stories today and helping us to get to know this woman that was right smack dab in the middle of this trial that we didn't get to meet. The jury never even heard her plead the fifth, nor did we hear from EJ, who got beat apparently from Kit with a Roman whip. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, all of that, uh, yeah, it is it is a hard sell, trying to t- tell somebody in one sentence what I'm doing here, being a voice for the voiceless. But a United States military hero still sitting in that cage, and people like Joan Harmon, Adele Gritton, Guerra are running free out there and we don't even know where she is right now. Yeah, that would be very concerning to me, Stacy. Yes. I, I hear you, girl. I hear you. See you next week on the free Kit Martin podcast. Bye, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>